Okay, good day, everybody. This is Emar Sopatit, the Sports Inquirer, and we're joined by Kyle Stevenson from the Georgia State Cross Country and Track and Field team. Uh, Kyle, thanks for joining us. I know you have the meet coming up next week in the Sun Belt, so we wanted to catch up before all of that gets started. Before we get to that event, how has the season been going so far for the Cross Country squad uh, as they prepare for the Sun Belt? Man, it, it's been phenomenal, uh, and I say that because last year, of course, we all were dealing with the pandemic in some sort of way, and uh, the COVID bug got us pretty good last year. So we had two of our runners, two of our top runners who have now graduated, though. Um, they missed a, a great deal of the season last year, and the second time that uh, you know COVID kind of hit our team was around this time. So we were not even able to compete at the Sun Belt Championship last year. So number one, that's what I'm saying. It's been phenomenal. So we haven't had any COVID issues. Number one, and every single week, at least six out of seven of our runners on the team have been having big PRs. So meaning that their times have just been dropping week to week to week. So we're in great shape. Um, to have a really good showing next week at the Sunbelt Championships. Uh, of course, we we aren't built right now to be like a first, second, or third team, uh, but I do expect us to be somewhere between fourth, fifth, and sixth, you know, um, because we have a, have a new team, have a young team at the same time, so I still have three young ladies that are going to graduate this year, but then I have three new young ladies on the team, so just getting familiar with everything. So as that chemistry kind of comes together, you know, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, and your last meet, you had you're at the UAB Blazer Classic. Uh, Marine mm -hmm. Garnier, she finished in the top 25, and you had five runners reach uh, personal records or PR times. Uh, yes, what about sir. what about what about that meet? What did you take away from that competition? Well, so and I'm not sure if people actually know the difference, but that meet was a 6K. So normally, uh, women only run a 5K. Our meet next week is going to be a 5K, and the NCAA regional meet is going to be a 6K. So for all of those young ladies to run an additional thousand kilometers uh, and still have a PR was big. Marine is the leader, you know, so Marine replaced a young lady that we had for a couple of years named Lottie. And Marine has just really stepped out of her own shell. She, she's full of talent. Uh, but between last year and this year, she's really just stepped out of her own shell and has become a vocal leader, you know, so uh, it was the second time that Marine had finished in the top 25 of a meet, but that one in particular, you saw some bigger teams, you know, so you saw some bigger Division One institutions, uh, and so that was what was really big for her. Yeah, and just what about the rest of the runners? You said running that extra, uh, extra kilometers uh, in that event. Uh, was that intentional with your scheduling to get them – to that discipline or get them to that distance as you prepare for the Sun Belt meet? Or uh, what, what did you just take from them having to yeah, run no, that it, extra time? It, it, definitely, it definitely was intentional. So around, I would say, because everyone in the country is going to have their uh, cross-country championships next week. Um, and so you see a lot of 6Ks kind of being offered because that would be the last opportunity that anyone could kind of prepare for the NCAA championship meet. So that's number one. Then number two, most of us, we're using it as training. So it's like, hey, we can get a little bit of over distance done before we taper, you know, over the next 10 days going into the championships. And so the reason that it's so good for the rest of the team, because majority of our young ladies are 800 slash 1500 meter runners. 
Uh, Marine is a 3K steeplechaser who also runs the 5K. So she, if there is like a pure cross-country runner, it would be her versus everyone else is a little bit more specialized in track and field. Yeah, and I'm looking at your roster. Yes, it's it's, less, it's either a senior or a freshman. It's kind of an yeah. interesting <laughs> dynamic with, you know, with the setup. Uh, but you mentioned track and field as well, and you're the head coach of that unit as well. Yes, sir. Uh, now, last season, well, it's weird talking about the seasons because the pandemic, everything was thrown out of whack. But point is, in the year 2021, the spring, the, the track season was a little bit different. And now you're heading into this cross-country year. How have the, the women held up physically uh, just through the pandemic schedule of track? Because I know a lot of them do both. And then now with this cross-country schedule, because uh, I've spoken to other coaches and it's a lot of running just because the schedule last year was so different. It's yeah. had an effect potentially on this year. Yeah, so I think uh, I think coaches and teams uh, really kind of face similar problems. You either had athletes that were very, very motivated with the additional time and freedom that they had last year, or you had athletes that, you know, they kind of didn't know how to navigate the entire process as a whole, like most of us. And so for our young ladies, uh, mentally, more less than physically, mentally, it was a it was a tear on my entire team uh, because I remember right before the indoor season started, we still didn't know if we were going to be able to compete. And so what was tearing my young ladies up on the inside every single day, every single week was what are we training for? Like, are we training? <laughs> are we going to compete? Are we not going to compete? So that level of of uncertainty was driving them crazy. Uh, but when it, but coming back this year where everything is kind of returning back to normal in athletics, uh, you know, it was concrete that we were going to be competing concrete that here's where we're going. I mean, they were ready, you know, so they were able to, and those seniors that you see, they're also international. So when they went home, uh, during the pandemic, they couldn't train because a lot of their facilities and parks and everything were completely shut down. And so that affected their training as well. But then once they came back this fall, you know, they were able to get outside over the summer. They were able to do some training back at home and so forth. So they came at, in better shape. Uh, and even with the rest of the track and field team now, parks remained open here in Atlanta. So everyone could kind of get out when they needed to. And it's been it's been so beneficial versus last year. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you mentioned the training. What's a typical kind of week for the team? And I'm very curious because do you go to, do you run through the streets of Atlanta? Do you head to, <laughs> do you head to Snow Mountain or Kennesaw Mountain? Uh, kind so, of what, what, how do you, what do you train? Do you use altitudes? Do, do you want to run different trails as well? Because you want to anticipate what you're going to see in your competitions. How do you prepare the team? So great question, man. Uh, being in downtown Atlanta is a challenge, you know, so we keep them off of concrete as much as possible. But also down this way, we don't have, excuse me, we don't have a lot of hills like you may once you go up like to Kennesaw or out to Stone Mountain. So we usually go to Cochrane Shows. It's fairly flat, uh, like in really ground up fine gravel or we go to Piedmont Park. Um, so that's where our young ladies will get more of like their distance running done uh, between those two places because they're within a good enough locale of downtown Atlanta. Now, they do go for some shorter runs right around the city. <laughs> that's my daughter right there. <laughs> so right. they do go on some shorter runs like right around downtown Atlanta 
Um, but again, we do a good job of kind of keeping them healthy, uh, making sure the type of footwear that they have on prevents shin splints and stress fractures and so forth. But again, when you see the makeup of my team, they're more suited for track and field and not cross country. Again, because where we're located geographically, it's just not conducive to having like just this outstanding sort of cross country team. Do you, do you cross paths with uh, Georgia Tech or Emory or Kennesaw State? Because I've spoken to the Georgia Tech people and they run Piedmont as well. Uh, do, do, you, do you have it? And Atlanta Track Club is also uh, one, yeah. of the, uh, premier, one of the premier clubs in the country. And then they have the, the Peach Tree with the road race. So the running community is very strong in Atlanta. Do you cross paths with those uh, other teams or people? Yeah, we do. And I mean, I know Rich, uh, Rich Kenna at Atlanta Track Club very, very well. Uh, Kennesaw State, not so much training wise, but we're starting to build. We're purposely trying to build a rivalry. So my assistant coach, Suli Douglas, uh, who's been and she has been spearheading the cross country team. She is my distance coach. Uh, I'm more like a strategist. So I'm the A to Z like this is how we're going to do it. But she knows Coach Adam at Kennesaw State, you know, so they know each other. They're they're good friends. And then uh, the head coach, Kel McDaniel. So he and I behind the scenes, we've thought of just some creative ways uh, to build this rivalry. Like whether it's, hey, if your cross country team is at this meet, we're going to let it be known and kind of do our own little uh, rivalry. And we're looking at the indoor and outdoor season, like what meets are you going to? And here are the meets we're going to to see if we can kind of be at the same places uh, to make track and field and running as a whole, you know, a lot more competitive and fun and interesting to non-track fans as well. Yeah, and how do you build that camaraderie? Because a track, well, cross country, it's an individual sport, but also you're in a team, so you're working together. Uh, how do you work that dynamic with the runners and strategizing and training together? Just how do you build that team morale when you're still an individual on your own, putting in the distances? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question. So, really simply, how cross country works. It's based off of it's, the team model comes into you can run seven runners, but they yeah. only score the first five. Right. And then, of course, you want those you want those five to run in a close pack because cross country it's about who has the lowest score and track and field it's about who can score the most. So in cross country, uh, that's what you do. You try to recruit young ladies uh, that are kind of like similar in times or talent so they can kind of run in packs and you want to coach them to run that way because you want to have that. So, of course, every team is going to have their front runner. So Maureen, it's us. You know, so Maureen, she's going to be in our top 10. Well, if we know those next young ladies are going to be between 15 and 30, we want them to be as close to each other as possible, closer to their 15 end versus their number 30 end. That's how that works. Uh, now, in track and field, it is definitely more difficult because now you have different training groups practicing at different times. Sometimes they don't see each other for like three days, so they don't know who's doing what. And so what we try to do here at Georgia State is at least twice a week, uh, the entire team practices at the same time together. And so our days this year are Wednesdays, Fridays, and actually Saturdays, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, they get to see each other all at the same time. And that helps build camaraderie. I mean, you know, every team kind of has their sayings and stuff like that. Our saying this year is fly and it stands for forget last year. At least that's the PG version. <laughs> so I got you. Um, you know, so you do those kind of things uh, every other week. 
you know, we do a, an occasional meal for the team. Uh, one of our favorites is Playa Bowl right off the belt line. So we'll have that after Friday practice. Uh, of course, team events, you know, we're going to Six Flags this Friday for Fright Night. Uh, so you just had to do those sort of things. But I think it, it comes from the leadership when you're trying to build that glue and really have them come together. So my ladies do reflect a lot of my personality and my attitude, you know, so I'm a, I'm a pretty blue collar type of guy, no pun intended, because I have on this blue sweatshirt, <laughs> uh, but I'm born and raised in Memphis and it's just in me. You know, um, I've always was an undersized guy, so I always had, had to work really, really hard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so my young ladies understand that as well. You know, we're took between Georgia State and UGA, you know, and just being in the state of Georgia, it's a huge running community, like you said, but a lot of talent is here and a lot of talent gets pulled away from here. You know, so where UGA may pull the top five athlete in the state of Georgia, we may get the top 15 or top 25. You know, so I try to give them that chip to run with on their shoulder of like kind of being overlooked or, you know, just putting that in their ear for a little bit of motivation. You know, is that help your experiences in your career, starting off as a walk on at Tennessee, becoming an All-America? Uh, is that where you try to instill the limb as well? Just uh, someone who uh, started off from uh, maybe not a bottom, but maybe one place and elevated himself to uh, to one of the best runners in the country? I 100 percent, you know, and I let them know that it does not matter if you are a full track scholarship athlete or partial or none at all. Um, and the example that I use all the time in college, I say everybody's a state champion. I said so everybody in college has won a state championship or has been to the state meet. I said, but the difference is in college between you and the next person is the attention to detail. I said, so anyone that can be the most detailed and can run the cleanest, technically sound, they're going to be the ones that are going to rise to the top at the collegiate level. And that's what it was for me. So I just five, 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 six on a good day. I maximized every ounce of my body by being clean and being very detailed to beat the people next to me. Sure. And now you have the Sunbelt meet uh, taking place on the 29th. So you have, you've had a few weeks, you have this week and then even into next week to prepare for it. Uh, how are the preparations going for the team and how are you tapering them or trying to get them ready to be at peak condition uh, for the competition? Yeah. So number one, like I said, you have to start with the UAB meet. So although it was a competition, we used it for training because it was an additional uh, 1K. And right off of that, uh, we've had like an easy run. And so we've kind of been resting them all week because our last tough workout is going to be this Saturday. So uh, that's where we will hit our mile repeats, you know. Uh, and then next week, it's going to be sort of the same thing. We're just going to get the legs turning over. So uh, we are fortunate enough. We have two separate facilities where you have nice uh, turf where they can run on barefoot. Uh, so that's where we'll be able to get in like some some 100 meter strides, uh, you know, nice and easy as we go into it. Of course, we have a masseuse that comes every week, so that's beneficial as well. Uh, that helps kind of keep them fresh and relaxed. And I mean, we we compete on Friday, and we're looking at we're gonna leave Wednesday, you know, so we're gonna give them plenty of time, you know, to get down there, be rested, uh, be ready to go. Because at this point, there's no more of getting in shape that we need to do. They just need to be rested. They need to be healthy. They need to be hydrated at this point. Actually, you brought that brought up the facilities. I'm assuming the two facilities is a GSU Stadium, the football stadium, and also the, I guess the, we call it new, but where the soccer team plays now at MLK. 
are those two facilities you're talking about and how beneficial yes. are those that are they're right close to you with the weight rooms and uh, I guess all those facilities for you to use for your training? Yeah, so they, they are helpful for us because we don't have our own home track facility. Um, but being a runner and most people in the running community know all we need is just some space to run if we can, if we can make it work. So, you know, it's very beneficial. Uh, our locker room is also at uh, the Georgia state soccer facility. So it's a lot easier to go from this place. We have a training room. We have a training room in every single Georgia athletics facility. So it's easy to just, okay, I can take my shower here or I can run right here. I can get my treatment right here. And hopefully uh, by January, a new weight room will be done at GSU soccer as well. So that's going to be a one-stop location for us. And then the only place we'll really have to commute for, of course, for our longer runs or our mile repeat runs will be Cochran Shoals or Piedmont Park. And then we use Lakewood Stadium uh, during track season. Good. All right. Well, Kyle, thank you for your time. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll catch up after the meet. All right. Thank you so much.